The governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig. Ben and Eric gather at their laptops. One's a gopher, one's a Hawkeye. Two feeble minds, their plot discussion. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the pod of Rosedale, a bronze pig full of hot takes. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Speaking of hot, how about those Hawkeyes? Uh, how about yeah. those Hawkeyes? Yeah, fantastic. They pulled it off. It only took knocking out their best best player on offense and just enough offense to get it done. But so you know, you're, already, you're already throwing in the caveats? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you think if Sean Clifford plays the entire game, Iowa wins? Well, it's interesting because did he throw two interceptions, right, before he got hurt? Correct. Didn't he? Yeah. And yep. the the first one, Iowa got a field goal, but that was like that was really gut wrenching because they had the ball in the red zone. They should, I mean, they should have scored a touchdown there. That was. That was a Petrus. Um, fr- that was a frustrating Petrus drive when they got the ball there. So it wasn't like he was lighting it up before he got hurt. The, just the team was um, keeping drives live. I think he didn't Clifford run one in, run a touchdown in, and he kept a couple third downs alive by scrambling. Yeah, he was their best rusher for sure. Yeah, like three for thirty-six for uh, you know touchdown. Yeah, he, you know, he threw two two interceptions. It wasn't like he was lighting it up. It does does do they have a better shot with him out there? Absolutely, no doubt, for sure. Well, yeah, the replacement just seemed just really terrible. I mean, like that guy did not seem at all ready. But you know, I mean, the crowd did shift gears in the second half. Now that is that tied to them you know, coming back and then taking the lead. Yeah, I think all of that's. You you can't just say in a vacuum would would the other quarterback have done better? It's tricky to say that, but um, yeah, the 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 backup quarterback was not very good. No, he was bad. And I just think the the crowd seemed to smell it. I mean, I wasn't there, sadly, um, but the people were just seemed to get super excited. Then once once Clifford was out, it was just just did not seem like there was any any real concern of passing down the field. Yeah. But it could, couldn't have worked out better, right? Iowa wins, and then Alabama loses. I know. Which lets your squad move up to number two. Uh, couldn't have been a better Saturday for the Iowa Hawkeyes, right? Well, Georgia could have lost, but there you sure, go. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, uh, Moss, was so you talk about injuries. Like He, he left the game, right? What's his status? I haven't seen I don't, anything. I haven't seen anything either. I have no idea. I think still TBD. It seems unlikely that he, he's not on the two deeps, I think, for this Saturday. So I don't think he's probably going to play at Purdue. The question then Iowa has a bye after that. The question will be then, is he going to be ready for the Wisconsin game? Well, he had another pick, right? That was amazing. And, did you, did yeah, you that, see it? That, and then he got hurt. Wasn't it like he, when he jumped to celebrate and then he started holding his knee? It was weird because it, it seemed like weird. he got the pick, rolled over, and was fine. And then jumped up and was like ready to, you know, a fist bump or whatever, and then just hit the ground. It was kind of an odd sequence. Yeah, no, it was very bizarre. He looked, he looked excited, jacked to get to the sideline after the pick, and then yeah, just just fell. Those non-contact injuries, those are the, 
those are the worst ones. And well, and holding his knee too, you worry it's like a ligament type thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't want it to be an ACL. But hey, you were the one that talked about Iowa's uh, injury luck last week, so it comes back to you. Yeah, well, uh, he's you know he's like the quarterback on defense. That guy's everywhere. He's just such a ball hawk. You know he, he's. I just, I mean, a lot of those plays were the D-backs and him in particular in that play, they're just playing receiver, basically. It's, like, hard to tell who's on offense when the ball's up like that, you know, when they're That's both true. going for the— He ran the route. It was an overthrow and just yeah. tracked it. It was, it was amazing. Too bad Iowa didn't do anything with the ball. They went basically nowhere uh, with the ball on their own, like, 45. But it was still pretty amazing. No, it, it changed the complexion of the game. Uh, I, I don't think Penn State's offense would have been— nearly as bad as it was. I mean, the false starts, if you include all the penalties, from the point that Clifford ran out of the game, Penn State had 48 plays on offense for, like, 50 yards, which is insanely terrible. And I do think they would have been just a bit better. And it wouldn't have taken much better to put Penn State in a better spot. I mean, Iowa barely eked out enough offense. But, hey. But Petrus on that that bootleg, perfect, perfect play call, perfect pass. Oh, yeah, everything about that play is perfect. They, they yeah. sat on that all game. Yeah, they made us wait and be super anxious, but just called it the perfect time. It was, Were you frustrated with the play call, play calling throughout the game? The just clearly course. that they couldn't run the ball, but just do it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you just kept waiting for them to take that shot down the field. That was very much the case, just looking like, when is this going to happen? When are they going to uncork one? Because uh, Penn State had a bunch of dudes in the box. Um, yeah, it was very frustrating. I mean – Peters was clearly flummoxed, and I think Brian Ferentz was pretty flummoxed and didn't quite know how to handle Penn State's aggressive blitzing all the time. And their defense is incredible anyway, um, so I don't know that there were dudes wide open all over the field, but if there were, yeah, Peters wasn't in a spot to find him. So no, it was so, but Penn State's a top 10 defense, I mean, maybe top 5 defense, so we're, we're talking one of the best defenses in college football. And I would not have one of the best offenses in college football, so they're going to struggle in those games. So yeah. fans rushing the field, did, did, how many tears fell down? A few tears. I was, I was too stressed to be to be crying. It was like it was just anxious and stressful the whole game from my perspective. I, I don't know how much I got to really enjoy it. It was just, ugh. it was like you went from thinking, hey, I was going to get blown out on this national stage, to then, oh, are they going to claw back? Are they going to be able to claw back? And they score enough points. To then it was just finally over after the bizarre. So you you get a late interception, which was actually a negative. If he hadn't picked it off, and I know it's difficult for a defensive back to not pick the ball off because you just that's your instinct. But he doesn't he doesn't intercept that ball. Iowa gets it like first and goal from the seven, runs it three times, kicks a field goal. Yeah, it was fourth down, wasn't it, when he picked it off? Correct. So yeah, it would have been turnover and downs. They would have gotten the ball a lot closer. and then the celebration, and then they're way out of field goal range, and then does the FU victory formation. Well, like, yeah, oh, man. we talked about that before. Like, did that frustrate you? Because I thought that was just, like, absolutely ridiculous that you would do the victory formation when you can't run out the clock. I can't remember another situation, and then I saw it on Sunday when the Vikings played, but, like, where you would run that play when the other team's going to get another shot. It's crazy. Get the first down, right? At least try. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Since it didn't work out, it's kind of cool. But if it had failed, it would have been an all-time screw-up. All-time screw-up, like, literally, to give them another shot. I mean, okay, maybe you don't get the first down. That's fine. You 
you, you tried, but to just like we're gonna just kneel and then punt and dare them to try to score. Like there's a there's a situation there. There's a a potential there where the ball bounces the wrong way and you lose the game because of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I was saying actually at the time I was thinking like, what if he throws up some bad pass? And then it gets deflected, but then it bounces to some guy behind the defense, and then he just sprints down the field for a touchdown. Yeah. I kept thinking about those kind of fluky Crazy plays. Like, things have happened. Like, he's, yeah, this guy's not great, and I, I just don't know that he can cleanly throw the ball downfield to a guy who's wide open against his defense, but it wouldn't take much of a, just a bit of weirdness for that to just not work out yeah, at all. I just remember when he kneeled, I was like, wait, looking at the clock, I was like, wait, hold on a second. They're, they're going to get the ball back, right? And then they now, I think the announcers sort of picked up on it and they mentioned it too. But it was just like, how can you do that? That's that's insane. Yeah, it was. Uh, this was as fancy as a game could possibly get. Uh, just defense knocks out their other team's best player and just sit on one one play that you've been trying to set up the whole game basically for a touchdown. Otherwise, you just eke out just enough offense. You just run the ball into stack boxes. It's brutal. Yeah, the red zone was especially terrible. I would was just awful in the red zone and on Penn State side of the field. Really, when they moved the ball well enough, like to get into Penn State territory, and then they seemed to just get crushed most of the time. They went to that side. But Tory Taylor was another another immaculate game from Tory Taylor. It was just absolutely outstanding. His punting, just getting him pinned in the. I mean, Dotson was fielding the ball in like the six towards the end of the game because he wanted to preserve field position, which is bonkers. It's like I can't let it bounce because it'll go to the two or the one. So I've got to field it at the six. Only in Iowa are we going to sit here and sing praises for the punter. But well, if, he were, if he were if, if he were not as great, Iowa doesn't win that game. If Torrey Taylor is not as great as he is, if he doesn't constantly pin them on the five, Iowa's not as – it's just not going to work out. Nobody gets more jazzed up about field position like the Iowa Hawkeyes. That's oh, true. Ferentz loves it. He absolutely loves it. And that's why I took that penalty. Uh, it was like third and fifteen or something. Oh, yes, yeah, that was another. Wh- why? Why just? Why take the penalty? It was a sack, right? Didn't he sack him on the play? I think it was an incomplete pass. Um, if it was a sack, I think he probably would. have I thought it was a sack, but either way, they they were. It was it was more than third. It would have been more than fourth and ten, right? If they. It had would have been fourth and twelve, but that's right. how little he thought of Penn State's offense. I think that's enough. That, that, that's crazy to me that you would would accept the penalty, let him get another chance. Again, crazy things could happen. That was that was they still could have got the first down or scored a touchdown on that play, and you would lose the game because you declined the penalty. I think that's crazy. No, see, that was I, I disagree on that one. That was very smart because um, they end up having to punt on their own six instead of the sixteen or whatever. And Penn State's punter is excellent too, stout. Um, but then he he only he punted a 38 yarder, which was his only like bad punt of the day. And then Iowa got the ball on the 44, so Iowa got fantastic field position, and that was what set up the play action pass. I mean, I was not worried about them converting a third and 25 from their own six at all. Well, you would a fourth and 12. No, you just want you're just gonna assume that you're gonna stop them, and they're gonna come out worse on that third and 25 that. They're not going to get enough yardage to be yeah, punted. I, that's a gamble time. when you got the game on the line. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think I would make that call. But oh, I, I would have. I, I. I mean, I thought the risk of them converting was basically zero. 
Um, the worst case scenario, they get like 15 yards or something and still. No, worst case scenario is they score a touchdown and you lose the damn game. On a third and 25, I wasn't worried about that happening uh, okay. at all. At all. Yeah. I'm, that, that's, yeah, now you, this is when the Hawkeye fans start spreading your wings, start peacocking a little bit. Not worried about the third and 20, you know. We'll stop them. We'll win. Do you see that dude? It's, it's a little Do you different. See that dude try to throw the ball? A little different conversation now with that with your Hawkeyes at number two. If you guys you all start that, feeling yourself. That guy would bit. convert a third and twenty-five, Eric. No, I, you know, with that crowd, I, you could barely get the snap off. Correct. Um, and and again, it, it worked out. Iowa got an extra at least ten yards of field position because of that decision. But I would imagine the analytics would say you don't give them another opportunity because it's not a not a hundred percent chance that they throw a, a crappy play or, or don't get that don't pick up that first down it's it's a non hundred percent chance so they, there's a chance they could pick it up sure that's probably true that's fine I, I don't know I wasn't sweating that one I thought it was fine um, I, I think it's a decision that ultimately helped Iowa even if it was bad from a math analytics perspective but yeah Iowa has not been ranked this high since uh, 1985 Eric I was one-year-old waddling around in diapers well so i thought it would be fun because i took some shit on the website uh, about my suggestion that iowa could move up now they moved up because alabama lost like we we talked about so to an unranked team for the first time in 100 games which is insane that on an unranked team beat number one is that what you're saying no alabama themselves had not lost to a team that wasn't ranked in a hundred right. games. Okay. Yeah, sure. I guess that, my, my point crazy. was, you know, I took some shit about suggesting I would move up. They did. They moved up because Alabama lost, but I thought it would be kind of interesting. So Georgia's number one in the new polls, um, ahead of Iowa, which is number two, um, to kind of compare the resumes because both teams are undefeated, right? Neither team has lost. They haven't played each other. Um, they're both at the top of their respective conferences. Uh, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to kind of compare the resumes because there's this, the reason why I brought it up last week, again, this is the, the bronze pig full of hot takes. So it's a hot take that I would maybe should move up uh, in the polls. I, do I a hundred percent believe they should? Maybe not. Um, if you look at the resume, I think the Clemson win by Georgia is probably, the reason, if you if you just had to point to something, why Iowa could really never move up ahead of Georgia without a loss. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting comparing the resumes because, you know, there's a lot of things that could go in Iowa's favor. There's a lot of things that go in Georgia's favor. But I don't think it's that crazy of an idea because, you know, these rankings are, are kind of stupid if you ask me. It's a stupid system to just – decide it is even dumber before when it was there was no playoff there was no chance for any of these teams to play each other you just you get to the first position and if you just keep winning you got the title i mean that's a stupid system really if you think about it and that's kind of where we're at now georgia got ahead of the on the polls before iowa did so they're going to stay there no matter what right as long as they don't lose and i think that's kind of dumb sure so i thought we could what i would do is just uh Give a couple stats. I only have a few categories here. I didn't spend a ton of time on this. And tell me if you think it's Georgia or, or which one's Georgia, which one's Iowa. 
and kind of make the decision on who you think should be ranked ahead just based off of sort of like a blind resume. So I think this will be a fun game rather than your advanced stats game where you just read off things from last week. So we'll, we'll, we'll try this one here. Okay. Um, Okay. So just basic strength of schedule. One team is, has the fifth, uh, hardest strength of schedule. One team has the 10th hardest strength, strength of schedule. Which one do you think is Iowa? Which one's Georgia? Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, knowing where I think this is going to go, Iowa's probably number five. Incorrect. So Georgia Georgia does have the advantage okay. over Iowa on that one. Georgia's five, okay. Iowa's ten. But okay. uh, if you – I mean – there's there were some arguments. I think there's some some different ways to uh, look at statistics that people are saying Alabama shouldn't even drop maybe to two. I mean, I think that's crazy, right? Because I, I mean, if you look at some of these statistics, Alabama's still number one in a lot of. I think strength of schedule, they're still still number one, but they lost, right? They should drop, don't you agree? I, sure. I, I guess I'm used to reality being a certain way, and the SEC gets all the love. And all the respect. And Isn't that stupid, though? It's it's a very – so you criticize the system, the, the voting system. That was even dumber than the current one we have. We have – things have trended from at least super stupid to just kind of stupid. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, and, and ESPN, you know, owns the SEC or whatever there – or owns the media rights to the SEC or whatever. So there's loads of weird conflicts of interest about how all that stuff goes. Uh, and who becomes a national brand is weird and who gets a shot. It's all goofy and dumb. Um, it's a very lame way of doing it. Uh, but so is, Ohio State is ahead of Penn State right now. They're at six, at least in the AP poll that I'm looking sure. at. Sure. If Ohio State's undefeated, they're ahead of Iowa probably, right? Don't you think? Oh, of course, yes. And that's crazy. I think that's insane. They haven't beaten anybody. Well, that's true. Well, they beat the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They, the best team in the country by far. Yeah. So, so didn't we just prove that Ohio State's the best team in college I don't football? Know. Okay. Whatever. So, so, so yeah, Iowa, Iowa's had a really tough schedule, generally speaking. Um, okay. Sure. Turnover margin. One team's has the 37th best turnover margin. One team has the best turnover margin. Well, that's obviously Iowa has the best because of their oodles and oodles of interceptions. So sure, that the number one team in the country, your Iowa Hawkeyes in turnover margin. Georgia's sure. number 37. Sure. Um opponents points per game. So again, another sort of defensive stat. One team's number 2, one team's number 1. Which one's which? I think Iowa's probably number 2. That's correct. Iowa's okay. number 2, Georgia's number 1. Uh again, cuz Georgia I mean, their defense has been really outstanding if you look at But, you know, they held Clemson to three points, um, and they shut out Arkansas. So, actually, they have two shutouts. They shut out uh, Vanderbilt, too. So, yeah. But I was, right, was I was right there. I was right there, number two, in opponent's wow. points per game. Um, and uh, so the other one I had was I saw um, – so there, there's this, like, ranking system. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, uh, Seagrin. It's yeah. on USA Today. It's I think it's a, a pundit on ESPN, or on USA Today has rankings. Um, sure. 
So which team do you think has an undefeated record against top 10 teams, according to the Seagram ratings? Is it Georgia or is it Iowa? It's Iowa. It is. Iowa's the only team in the country that has an undefeated rank against top 10 teams. Both Georgia and Iowa have the same record against uh, top 25 teams. They, they both won three games. Same record against top 10 teams. They both won two. Very similar resumes if you look at the two of them. Now, again, you're like I, I think you're right that Georgia would never drop. And this is a point you made last week that, like I said, some bozo on the website was criticizing me for even suggesting, suggesting that. But I don't think it's that outlandish to have a discussion about whether or not Iowa should be one right now. I mean, it's it's a fun discussion. It's very silly, but it's also highlights the absurdity of this kind of discussion anyway. Uh, Iowa and Georgia are two teams that aren't going to play each other, but for meeting in the college football playoff. We just don't have any way of really evaluating who is the quote-unquote better team, whose resume is better, because our sample size is incredibly small, and we're constantly readjusting it. Uh, the good news is the stuff will kind of mostly sort itself out up to a degree uh, by the end of the year. I mean, if Iowa loses there, they'll be out. Um, they can maybe get back in with a win against a team in the Big Ten Championship. But, you know, until then, they're they're not in the discussion, and then the debate right. can happen. If Iowa Man, doesn't lose... that schedule looks so nice for your Hawkeyes. It's crazy the way it's shaken out. Uh, yeah. is, is there a scenario where Iowa drops? But even though they went out, because they're not playing, they're, they don't have a ranked opponent on their schedule, at least not not as we sit right here right now. Is there uh, a scenario where another team jumps ahead of them? Oh, that's always possible. If Iowa struggles and wins, and another team plays somebody really, really good and, and then, uh, you know, dominates or whatever, Iowa could get leapfrogged. That's like possible. Alabama, if they win out, they beat Arkansas, they beat Auburn. You know, they have the one loss against, you know, Texas A&M, which is kind of a bad loss. They weren't even a ranked team. Um, is there a chance Auburn scoots their way up there? You also have a lot of other unbeaten teams, too. Like, I mean, Michigan hasn't lost yet. Oklahoma hasn't lost. Um, is there a chance that they get bumped? As long as they have a high quality, it'd be a high quality win. So like Michigan could beat Ohio State and potentially bump Iowa. Like that could happen. Maybe if Penn State beats both Michigan and Ohio State, even it's tough because you'd have the head to head. Yeah, you'd have the head to head. That would be. But but Michigan or Ohio State could leapfrog Iowa for sure. Um, Alabama could win out and beat Georgia and leapfrog Iowa. That's entirely possible. Um, Auburn. I mean, any of these like Ole Miss or whatever. Or, no, I don't remember which one won, but um, I think we'll miss one. They could always leapfrog if they win those their games. Um, that's totally possible. It won't really matter. If Iowa wins out and wins the Big Ten Championship game, they'll be in the college football playoff. It won't. None of the strength of schedule stuff will matter from Iowa's perspective. But, yeah, it's absurd. But how do you sort out playoffs when you have, I don't know, you know, 130 teams. How do you figure out who gets a shot in the playoff? You can't have them all play, right? You're not going to do a round of 64 and a round of 32. You're not going to do an NCAA tournament in football. So how do you how do you square that away? Well, I, a lot of this will shake itself out, I think. Right. 
it will. And early we'll season have a different conversation at the end of the year. Right. That, well, and the stakes will actually matter at that point. Uh, but yeah, early season rankings are super dumb because yes, if you start off really, you know, so many teams are ranked really, really high early on, and then they they stink. I mean, North Carolina was way overrated. There were some bad teams in the you know top 15, top 20, and then but that it does sort of stuff out generally. The only thing that sucks is if you're a team that starts unranked and you go undefeated and you're like Wake Forest or something, it's really, really difficult to get back into that discussion. Uh, yeah, yeah, if I mean, you're not perfect. in a power conference or you don't play anybody in your conference tournament. Yeah, it gets tough. Um, and if you don't but have a conference that's well regarded. Suggesting that, that Iowa beating Penn State might move up, I don't think is that crazy. Like I said, I took shit. I don't care. This is the bronze pig of hot takes. I, I think there's a, there's a solid ar- argument. If you just look at resumes, um, that Iowa should be in the top two, and they are. I mean, they're they're in there now because uh, Alabama lost, but I don't think it's that crazy. No, that's that's fine, Eric. Um, I, I mean, it, it was crazy not because you couldn't make a case that Iowa's better than Georgia, although I think Georgia is definitely a better team than Iowa. Um, I. I think they do have a better defense than Iowa and they also do you think Alabama is better than Georgia no I, at this point on paper I think you'd have to say Georgia's the best team in college football um Georgia has maybe the best defense in college football and they have a really good offense unlike Iowa uh they can actually score points and is Alabama better than Iowa uh, well I know you don't like advanced stats but probably I, I would be really if Iowa and Alabama were to meet on a neutral field Alabama would probably be double-digit favorites. If you were vote, a voter and you could vote on the rankings, would you put Alabama ahead of Iowa? No, because I, I think the uh, resume matters right now, even though in the abstract Alabama's a better team. Alabama lost, Iowa didn't. So you do want to reward the actual results on the field, however much you might think you know a team gets unlucky or lucky. You, you just want to say, hey, they, they, didn't, they didn't lose. Iowa won and Alabama didn't. Uh, but even then, it's not its not about that case. It's just Georgia's a national brand, and most people aren't going to really do an in-depth analysis and really try to consider, hmm, who do I think is better, Georgia or Iowa? They're just going to rely on, oh, Georgia's always really, really good, and they're in the SEC, and they're looking great, and they've got much flashier scores. Iowa eked out a victory over Penn State, and they're getting a bunch of turnovers. Eh, Iowa's not as good. Georgia won. You know, I that's the thing how most people – people are trying to rank 25 teams. So people aren't sitting there obsessively watching every game to vote on it and figure out who's better and analyzing the stats. I mean, that's just not what people are doing. It's just, well, let me tick a box, get this done. I don't really care that much. I'm going to use the minimum amount of analysis possible. And that's just how it works. I don't know. It's a it's a goofy system, but, I, you know, I, if there's a better way to do it, let me know. I'm, I'm all ears because it is dumb, but – it might be the least dumb option of all of them. Listen, it won't matter if Iowa wins. But good news for your Gophers. Also bad news. Trey Pops yeah, well, is out of the hospital, but he's not going to play. Yeah, and he's out for the year. They still haven't said, have you know, they? Why, you know, why don't we know what happened to him? It's still undisclosed. He was in the you hospital for almost a week. It's crazy. Yeah, he plays in a game, has a bunch of carries, and then he's gone from the game. He's... Why do we not know what his injury is at this point? HIPAA? I, I don't know. Um, 
it's weird. It, I don't understand it. They, yeah, they should I, be able to at least disclose, especially now that they're saying he's out for the season, that he had some sort of surgery. I would imagine that's the only thing you could you could assume. Yeah, it's very weird that we don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what could it be and why would PJ not just be like, oh, yeah, he's dealing with this issue, this complication. Well, um, I also saw something that indicated there was no sign of injury during the game, that he left um, you know, left the game, went to the hospital without any sort of like uh, – because I don't remember him getting hurt or anything during the game. So it right. sounds like he just left the game, went to the hospital, and there's – no report on what happened to him, which is a bummer. I mean, hopefully he's all right. Uh, but f- as far as the football team, that's uh, re- recovering. You're, you're now you're in your third string running back. Um, not great. And but you got you got your your Huskers, Corn Huskers coming here. This Should we can. start talking about uh, an angry Minnesota running back hating God? Should we start talking about that, Eric? Yep, it's the gods hate us. Well, yeah, it, this is a, a thing that I used to have because we had a, a couple of years where there was just a rash of running back injuries, and it seems like going through something weird. Well, like, or, I, or is it the coach? I mean, is does he? Yes, yeah, this is a cover up. Using his players, yeah. Is it a cover up? Is it a problem that he put a guy in there with an injury and he wasn't supposed to, and then oh, it got a lot worse, and he just doesn't want to say to make him look bad? Oh. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm wondering what I mean. Nebraska's only favored by like three, three and a half points. And the game's in, you know, in Minneapolis. But I'm just wondering how Minnesota's going to move the ball. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Nebraska's uh, losses, they have – they lost to Illinois. That's a bad loss, right? Illinois. Oh, a god-awful loss. Yeah. yeah. But Ohio, or, uh, Ohio State, they, they hung with them. They Michigan State. State yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. They played Oklahoma, right? Correct. Yep, yep. Hung with Oklahoma. Um, Michigan State, three-point loss to Michigan State. They should have beat Michigan State. Should have beat Michigan State. And Michigan, also, less than a score loss there. Um, So, other than Illinois, they've got some bad loss. That's a bad loss. But other than that, they've – and they crushed Northwestern. I think last week you said they might be the second best, or yeah, did you say they were the second best team in the West? You thought? Did I hear that correct? I think so. I mean, I'm not stoked about it, but I think so. Uh, the anyways, have been a brutal schedule. They still do have to play Ohio State. Um, so I mean, they they still have some really tough games left on their schedule. Uh, no, and they they probably should have beat Michigan. It was 29-29, and then Nebraska had the ball with I don't know a couple minutes left, and then. Martinez fumbles, and then Michigan gets a field goal, and then they can't score after that and lose at the last minute by three points. It's, yeah, it's been brutal. Yeah, no, they're, so they're huge one game for huge game for your Gophers. Big game. I, well, I I mean I want them to win. That they the Gophers will have my full support on Saturday. Let me tell you, um, any day in which the Cornhuskers lose is a good day from my perspective. Um, but are you are you Worried at all about that game? Do you think your Gophers can win it? Uh, am I worried about this game? Yes, I am very worried. I think the Gophers can win. It's, I mean, you're down to your back, your third string running back. 
I don't know if Ottman Bell, I hope after the bye week, he's he's right, like 100% healthy. Um, but you still got Tanner Morgan, still the quarterback. I have no faith in him. Even in the win uh, against Purdue, he wasn't very good. So I, I'm concerned. I think I actually actually think the Gophers win this game. Oh, I think, wow. I do. Okay. Uh, I don't have a ton of faith in Nebraska either. Um, I think it's, again, an, just an ugly game, like, um, you know, something like 17-14, something like that. Really yeah, ugly, ugly win. Yeah, Gophers only seem to play ugly games this this season. They just seem to just yeah. muck it up. It's just an ugly team. That's how they play. Like we're just, we're going to play bad, we're going to make you play bad, and it's going to come down to a few gross plays here or there. That's going to be what decides. Not okay. unlike your Iowa Hawkeyes, other than the defensive turnovers. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Frankly, the Gophers' offense has probably been more – I know that's hard for you to accept, but probably been more productive than Iowa's overall in the well, aggregate. the Gophers haven't had a game like Iowa did against Maryland. So, uh, you know, I think you can – that I mean, so Ohio State kind of crushed Maryland also, right, last week. So Maryland's maybe just not that good, but that's true. Iowa uh, all equally um, annihilated Maryland. So, uh, but the Gophers haven't had an offensive output like that. They, I mean, they, I think thirty points is the most they've scored this season. So yeah, against Miami of Ohio. Yep, that's true. Thirty-one, maybe. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, I, I think the Gophers are going to lose. I, I like how we just are always on the opposite side. I, 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 I want the Gophers to win. I will be very happy to be wrong. But well, I, I mean, if you look at the Gophers' schedule, Nebraska, Maryland, Northwestern, Illinois, like that's pretty smooth sailing too. If they could win, win all those games against Iowa, they're they're a ranked team at that point. They got the the one Big Ten loss, two two overall losses, but. Um, you know, to be able to play spoiler would be pretty sweet. So I know. I'm really hoping that they can win out. Sure. Well, we'll see. I mean, that'll be super interesting. Uh, but it's just like at some point the Gophers have to have a running back who's not excellent. Uh, at some point you go to the depth chart and the guy is just demonstrably worse. Unless I mean, it's all know. O-line, unless it's just, you know, making holes. If you got a if your O line is blocking and you got a hole, I mean, really anybody should be able to get get some yards. Yeah, that's true. Well, it could be. Could be they have a great offensive line. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but I, I'm just sitting there wondering where the where the Gophers' offense is going to come. And yeah, they they could turn this into a nasty game. And Nebraska is certainly prone to dumb mistakes. So maybe you know they're winning, but then they they open the door for the Gophers with a fumble or a pick. Who knows? Uh, bad special teams play all on the table when you play the Cornhuskers. But speaking of spoiler, Eric, you had some, uh, so there was some news updates this weekend we wanted to discuss. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I don't want to rain on your parade. You guys in Hawkeye land are riding super high, but I thought it was worth discussing. Uh, there was a, uh, article, I think in the AP about the lawsuit, against uh, the University of Iowa and Kirk Ferentz, I think some of the other coaches alleging uh, racial discrimination. I think there's like more than a dozen players that have joined in the lawsuit. But the, the news was that um, I think they had noted the depositions for Ferentz, uh, both Ferentz's, 
for this week and there was like a order that they quashed the subpoenas or something. So they won't have to testify, I think, until the end of the season, just kind of delaying everything. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was worth mentioning and kind of discussing. We were sort of chatting about this issue, and uh, I was just kind of thinking, you know, what your thoughts were on on the whole situation. So do you think it's – Ferentz should have to testify in the middle of the season? Is, do you think that's that's fair? Uh, you, listen, I mean, you you and I – full disclosure, you and I are both lawyers, like – we, we have a general understanding of what a deposition is. It's not the most arduous thing. I think he could sneak in a deposition on a Wednesday morning and it wouldn't disrupt his preparation for, you know, whatever team they're playing. Plus they have a bye week next week, right? So they he could – there's no reason he can't testify or sit for a deposition. A lot of these are video depositions now too with COVID and stuff. So I, I think it's a little crazy that he can't just – testify and give his um testimony on what happened obviously he doesn't want to and if you're his lawyer you're gonna say you know let's push this as far as as we can and let's delay it as much as we can um so th- i think it's not a great look to to push it back but i understand why he'd do it uh, i think like you mentioned the trial's not set for like two years from now so you know these things take forever which is frustrating but uh, you know, the allegations of racial discrimination, the, we talked about the uh, strength and conditioning coach already resigned over this. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. It, it's, you know, if if the things that are alleged against him are true or against the team are true, um, in my opinion, is I don't think he should still be the head coach. Uh, you, I don't think you can tolerate that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't have specifics because, again, I. He hasn't testified yet, and I don't. I haven't seen all the the um, allegations in like paper, but sounds like things like racial slurs, making black players change their hairstyles, f- making sure players fit the Iowa way, quote unquote, whatever that means. Um, you know, which is a sort of a standard of white supremacy, I guess, in a certain way, if you look at it. Um, I, I don't think that should be tolerated. If you're asking me, I think he should be fired or should have to resign. Um, I mean, we, as we were talking about this, uh, John Gruden, right, the NFL head coach just resigned for uh, emails that came out, which included racial slurs as well as homophobic slurs. And obviously he resigned based on pressure that he received. So, uh, you know, if this I'm not saying Ferentz has said or done any of the things comparable to John Gruden, but if he has, I don't think he should be the head coach anymore. Okay. Well, definitely if he said stuff that John Gruden said, um, those would be very fireable offenses. And I, I mean, I'm just going off of, I think some stuff that I saw from the New York times article, uh, the stuff that John Gruden said was overt, explicit and pretty terrible on a variety of subjects and a variety of levels. Uh, so, as far as I know, nothing to that degree of, of specificity uh, and awfulness have been said to parents, but I have no problem saying, hey, look, if he said John Gruden stuff, that should, that should, that's a big problem. Um, but I, I'd be surprised if he, especially if you put it in an email, anything as dumb and awful as what John Gruden said. Um, but do you think, Eric, then, 
what the players are alleging is likely to be true just based off of the research you've done up to this point? Well, I think the sheer number of players that have joined in and, and put their na- names too, right? Like you can Google the names. You can see all the players' names that have assigned their allegations. They, they, it's not like they're, they want to keep their identities a secret. There's, they've, they've come out and said, and some of them are well-known players. I think you mentioned a few of them when we were talking. Um, so I think there's every reason to believe that these allegations are credible. Um, so I don't doubt that he's, he's, uh, you know, based off of what the allegations are that he's committed some racial comments or coached in a way that discriminated against people that weren't white. Yeah. I I don't have any reason to dispute that. So do you think, I guess this is going to be a, a much broader societal question here, um, but it intersects in one, one particular way. So let's say that, and I, I haven't heard any allegation that Kurt Francis said a racial slur, um, and maybe it's out there. I don't know. But let's set that aside and say what he did do was require haircuts and acting a certain way. It's this like, Midwestern, aw shucks, you just need to be a, a humble guy, shut up and do your job kind of person, work hard, um, don't make a lot of noise. Yeah, but is that grounded in his own beliefs, uh, basically white supremacy, that you have to act this way because it's the way that I think is the correct way to behave? Again, inherently, the fact that he and all the coaches are white – and, um, you know, his idea on the Iowa way or whatever way he he wants the players to behave is grounded in racism. I don't think there's any way to um, dispute that. Right. So here's the, the question I'm getting at. Right now. With all that stuff, I don't think Kirk France probably thought he was racist. Right. I mean, I think he probably thought a lot of racist people don't. Correct. Correct. That's very true. Exactly. So this is really what I'm driving at. He probably thought, hey, I think this is just how people should act. And implicitly, it's a acting like a white person is how you should act is the way you should go about doing your business and being in this program and holding yourself. And he, But he's not overtly thinking, oh, so what I'm saying is I'm devaluing the way black men from, you know, not rural Iowa and South Dakota and wherever else a bunch of other Iowa recruits come from is not the correct way to act. But so, it's all it's also on how you apply it. You know, if 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 his idea on having short hair is a rule, okay. If you apply that uniformly, that's fine. But if you're only applying that to the players that have dreadlocks and not the white kid that's got, you know, Beatles hair then that I mean that's a racist discriminatory way you're applying your own rule that's grounded in your own racism I think and if that's what these players are saying again I don't know I haven't read the complaints I don't know exactly what these the, I don't know if the players have been deposed yet so you can have their allegations in paper read their transcripts but if that I'm just saying if that's the type of thing we're saying like you know white guy over here who's got long blonde hair you're not making him cut his hair but I I have dreads and you're making me cut mine. Like, that's racist. 
that's that's a discriminatory action based off of just my race and to me that's fireable to me that that there's no that shouldn't have no place in sports or culture or school i mean these these are university employees too that's the other thing like it's not like the nfl team or the yankees where they make guys shave off their beards or mustaches like this is a this is a school it's a university it's a state organization like that's in my opinion that's not okay and should never be tolerated and he should be fired if that if that's the type of thing that's happening absolutely should be fired Okay, yeah, well, so, yeah, caring how people do their hair is, I think, just dumb in a general sense. Um, certainly in the racist context, I agree. Um, telling people they have to do their hair a certain way, even if you were doing it uniformly, what a stupid rule. Um, I mean, is there a player saying that, hey, I had to cut my hair, but, like, George Kittle didn't? He got to have I, long, crazy hair? The article I read is, that's one of the allegations is, um, disciplining players on hairstyles based off of, you know, black hairstyles versus white hairstyle. Um, the other thing was like dancing it was like disciplining players for dancing. Whereas, you know, you're not, a, if it's a, it's a white player and they're doing a touchdown dance or whatever, an end zone dance, you're not disciplining them, but you discipline a black player for that. I think that was another thing I saw. I, again, I don't know all the allegations. I'm just saying, um, I, I, I tend to believe people that are willing to put their names to the charges here and if you got a, more than a dozen guys saying over the years this kind of stuff has happened i think it's super credible um again i hate to rain on the parade this is a, a big week for iowa they just are number two in the country the first time since the 80s early 80s like you said 85 so i hate to beat the debbie downer here but um that news article came out i thought it was worth discussing no, that's fine. Um, so let's say, you know, all this stuff gets pointed out that he's got this way of doing things that he might not overtly be aware is racist, but implicitly it kind of is. He's got these these weird double standards that people are pointing out, um, or that by requiring people to conform to the quote unquote Iowa way, um, which is dorky branding to begin with, anyhow, uh, that actually is devaluing you know, black culture and different styles from young black men from, you know, not rural Iowa. And he's, he listens to this and says, that's correct, man. I didn't realize I was doing that, but wow, that's absolutely, I get that. That makes a ton of sense. And that's totally fair. Uh, I'm going to be done doing that because yeah, that doesn't make sense. That's not really what I care about. Um, you know, I care about how hard you work and all this other stuff that he's going to carry care about um that's not enough for you to think he should keep his job aren't we past that i mean again i don't know the structure we talked about this briefly but like college sports there is not a great track record of reporting abuse i mean we talk about penn state and the paternal stuff like that went on for years there was no real way for these children that were being abused to report this stuff up. You talk about the, the Michigan state um, uh, Olympic doctor, all of the years of abuse he was committing wasn't a great way to, even when they reported it through the NCAA ranks, that stuff never came to light and was um, you know, the allegations were never looked into seriously. 
So, again, there's not a lot of great places for people being abused in college sports. It's, ter- it's a terrible system, right? The NCAA, if you ask me, um, is is uh, party to some pretty serious atrocities in the last – just even in the last 10 years. Like, the NCAA has, like, no defenders at this point. It's one of the few things, like, everybody can agree on. Like, the Supreme Court was 9-0 in denouncing how awful the NCAA is. It's so, terrible. No, so, there's so, nobody, yeah, so almost nobody is there left a defending the NCAA train. Right, but these did these players who, over the years, did they mention it to Ferentz? Maybe not. Did they mention it to the administration? Maybe not. But that's the point. Maybe there was no place for them to go to to say, hey, look, this coach is, like, clearly – discriminating against us because we're black there's nothing we can do about it and when they go to somebody um you know nothing's the allegations aren't looked at seriously i mean the 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 strength and conditioning coach resigned for a reason right you said is is he the fall guy did did they just point to him as the only one that was being racist in the organization why did he resign i mean to the extent that you dive into the complaints and again i i'm happy to be corrected on this he by far seemed to be the biggest um, and most egregious violator of all this stuff. Uh, he gets named more often than anybody else by those players. He was considered the worst um, it's offender. Like, so, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, uh, there was a, a, a Viking punter, Chris Cluey, and he made some allegations against one of his his special teams coaches about saying homophobic slurs and just some pretty awful, vile things that this coach was saying. Again, that co- I think that coach is still in the NFL coaching. He was never fired. Um, but Cluey said, like, this isn't just him. It's not just your coach. If, if he's saying this stuff, the other coaches and the head coaches and go up and down the, the entire team hierarchy, they know this stuff's going on. Um, so, to, so is that what you're saying is you think it was just this strength and conditioning coach and no one else? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he was the worst one and the most expendable of all the people that were accused. Well, doesn't that that make you feel pretty terrible that it's about expendability and not about accountability? Like, shouldn't it be more about the people that are actually responsible instead of the people that we can get rid of and it has the least impact on whether or not we win football games? I mean, so now now we're talking about power in general. I mean, I'm going to go – I, I, we can talk more about this, but I'm going to go back to something you said earlier. Um, you said, aren't we past this as far as people who are unwittingly racist and then getting a no, chance no, to. That's not what I meant. I said, aren't we past the the argument that Ference maybe just wasn't aware that he was well, doing this? And then it's forgivable if if he just uh, says, you know what, you guys are right. I didn't know I was doing this. Let me let me go to church and pray on this or something like that. Like, which is kind of my point is we're, I think we're past that. We're past the idea that he could just you say, yeah, you got me. I'm sorry. Let me talk to my my you know therapist and I'll work on my my faults. I think we're past that. Is because oh, you're I, saying he he was made aware of this earlier and then didn't had to have been. I mean, yes. this there's a lawsuit yeah. filed. Like, there's this isn't like out of the blue there's no way that th- this wasn't brought up to him and the administration before these guys 13 guys decided to file a lawsuit but didn't you just also talk about how there's no way to report this stuff there was nowhere to go to they maybe didn't report it because there was right. nowhere but you to hire a to- lawyer to uh allege allegations that there's there's going to be some discussion with with the school with Ferrance. 
It's not like you just all of a sudden hire some law- 13 guys, hire a lawyer, and then there's a complaint filed and he gets it. And he's like, what is this? I've never heard of any of this. There's no way that that would be impossible, in my opinion, for him to have not been aware of this. And he, he's still he's pushing the depositions, but he's got every chance to to make a statement, go on Twitter or wherever it is and say, listen, I'm. These things make me feel sick that anybody would allege this stuff against me. I'm the furthest thing from racist. And, you know, if anybody has in my past felt that I discriminated against them, I'm sorry. And I'm working on Like, he could do all that. He's never gonna. He's released those kind of statements. I don't know if he used the exact verbiage you're looking for right there, but he's talked about how he's. Was there any attrition? uh, Did he admit anything? Did he apologize? Probably not, because his lawyers would tell him not to do that. So here's here's one of the things. He promised follow-through despite admitted mistakes that he failed to follow properly when concerns had been made in previous years. So you're right that he had uh, somebody had been confronted him and he didn't do anything. And then here's his statement. Again, probably not what you're looking for, but we've had two significant months in this program's history. But that's all for naught if we don't have follow-through, Parents said. Again, I've encouraged our players to call me out. Same thing with the advisory committee. And that's been painful at times. But I think they'll continue to probe and continue to ask questions. As we walk away today, that is the most important aspect of this whole thing in my mind. So that that rings too too hollow. It's not um, contrite enough for your taste. I don't think he admits anything there. And he uh, doesn't have to. Maybe maybe he's you know he's gonna defend himself till the end. But your argument was that maybe he uh, did this stuff unintentionally. I don't think his comments would support that but i don't know uh, maybe and maybe he didn't realize the severity of it and maybe he did and he didn't care and he was callous and indifferent i i mean that's i i don't want to argue epistemology with you eric because I, I know that's not a, a thing you're going to be into but um i don't really know uh and, and you know if you have to if you say george kittle gets to have long hair and somebody else with dreads does it and they have to shave it off yeah that's dumb and racist and shouldn't happen uh i mean that's not a very exciting take but that's true um if you treat different players differently for the same things if the black players did get punished more harshly for like doing dumb stuff like duis that'd be a big problem um if players weren't allowed access to resources that others were that's all stuff that'd be really really bad um and so I, I don't know I, if that's all the case and he knew about it and he didn't fix it and people said, hey, this wasn't fair. You're being racist, man. And he just ignored it. That's a big problem. Um, I mean, you, I don't I don't know what else to say about it. It's not like a fun topic, obviously. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I whether whatever we say is completely irrelevant because it's not going to change anything. But um, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I, I, I want to believe he's changing and making things better. Uh, I want to believe he doesn't care about how people have their hair. Uh, so, question for you, though. So, uh, this is a great season for Iowa. You know, we talked about their winning number two in the country. If they, you know, maybe they don't win the national title, but if they have, say, a strong, strongest finish as the head coach with all of this, this stuff, this lawsuit, I, it may, I don't know, maybe – People at Iowa aren't even talking about. It. I haven't really heard a whole lot of discussion. Nobody about it. is talking about it. This is this is kind right. of a, we debated this a lot over. I don't know. There's this. I don't know when it was last summer. This summer, whenever it was, um, maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah, I think it was summer of 2020. 
we hashed this stuff out quite a bit, uh, at least in the GoIO Awesome corner of the internet. Um, but no, it's not uh, being talked about at all. But right, so nobody's talking about it. Um, there was that, like I said, that that uh, development in the case. Um, does this affect him? Does he retire? Because he's almost seventy, right? He's been there forever. Yeah, I know. 60s. I know. Again, I took shit on the website for being shocked at how long. Uh, Ference and Fry were head coaches, but most people outside of Iowa don't have that committed to memory. He's been there forever. He's an old guy. Um, does this affect him going forward? Is he retired? Does he turn the reins over to his son? Does this affect whether or not his son's even going to be the head coach if he's caught up in all this? So whatever may happen with like Kirk retiring and Brian taking over, I don't know that this lawsuit will have much, if anything, to do about it. I mean, I think you and I both talked and we understand that this is almost certainly not going to go to trial in 2023. There's going to be depositions. There's going to be a bunch of fact analysis. We're going to see – they're going to see where the chips fall, and then at some point they're going to decide, okay. But look how quickly the Gruden thing changed. I mean, an email came out a week ago, and now he's resigned. I mean – but the stuff that's being alleged is different, at least in a legal sense. Um, well, because we don't have the smoking gun email, is that the difference? We don't have an email that says anything as overt and terrible as what Gruden said. And you can think that it's equally as bad. Maybe it is in the cosmic sense uh, of terms of racial justice. But in terms of just popping out to the average schmo, the stuff that John Gruden said is way worse. And it wasn't just racism. Racism was just part of it. It was a whole cacophony of awful things, uh, and it was it was just overt and explicit. If you had an email from parents that said everything that was on that, that bad, the, the tide would turn. And maybe I was winning, so everybody would ignore it and look the other way. That's totally possible. I don't know, but it would be a qualitatively different scenario than saying, hey, we got treated differently based on our skin color, which is also bad, but it's also tougher to prove. Uh, it's easier for people to dismiss that kind of allegation. Um or, hey, we were in trouble for doing a touchdown dance, but this guy did a country dance after scoring a touchdown. So he didn't, and parents didn't say anything. That's all stuff that's a little more esoteric, um, problematic, but not like, oh, God, look at this horrible stuff that this guy said directly in an email. But I don't think what's going to – it's going to settle is what we're driving at. Like we're going to have – you know, at some point they'll they'll figure out, okay, this is what they have. This is what they're likely to win in a lawsuit, and we're going to settle. We're not going to admit faults, and we're going to move on. That's what's going to happen, I, probably in 2022 sometime, I would guess, but who knows. Um, and what happens with Ference and, and Brian, well, that'll the success of the football team will dictate that to a certain extent. Uh, you know, I guess if Iowa has a great year, does Kirk want to ride off into the sunset and use those good vibes to hand the reins off to Brian? That's possible. Um, does he want to keep coach for another five years? That's possible too. I don't know. Couldn't tell you, but I don't think the loss is going to, it's going to be so bad. That's going to drive him out. Is he the highest paid big 10 coach? He's one of them, right? He's, he's very high up there. I don't know that he's number one. He could be, I doubt it. I think he's probably like second, third, fourth, somewhere in that range. Um, I mean, Ryan day probably makes more than Kirk, but, um, the highest state coach, but I mean, if he were going to get fired or, kicked out for the stuff it would have happened last summer um people were a lot more angry about ference and frustrated that he won big 10 west titles two years ago um and this stuff was all red hot and it's fine that 
you're, you're hopping on this this train now. Um, but this was all debated. I mean, this was all like, does Ferentz need to be fired? What's he going to do? What's the impact of this going to be? How bad is it? He's great. This is allegations or nothing, or he's terrible. Should be fired. All that debate already happened in 2020, and they they threw Doyle to the wolves, sort of. I mean, he still got like a million dollar settlement and got a job with the Jaguars. So whatever, he was hardly punished. Um, and I think everything else will be settled, and it's just going to quietly go away. So what's going to happen? And I understood that's I mean, that's disappointing to you, Eric. Uh, yeah, a little bit. If if this stuff was true, it's disappointing that it's just going to get the people that committed these things are just going to keep on coaching and keep on, you know, doing the things that they do. And there's no real change. I, you know, I would love to see a change in our society, but you also have all you know, most of these head coaches in college football are white. That's and, true. Um, you know, and, and they have their biases that they're bringing to the coaching ranks and it's unfortunate. Um, it's just like yeah, all walks of life, but um, it's, it's just a bummer that there would be so many players to come out and not actually put their names to it and say that they think he treated them differently based on their race. And then there might be nothing out of it. Um, well, I mean, they'll, they'll, I mean, they'll get money, but, but if you're looking at the abstract of justice and accountability, which I think you are, then yeah. no, not much is going to happen. Those players will get money. Um, I, it, so I'm looking at it, well, which is also just the whole root of it all too. I mean, uh, like I said, so Ferentz is actually the ninth highest paid Big Ten coach, so he's not even in the top five. He's not in the he top makes, half. Right. He makes over four million, four and a half million dollars a year. Like he makes a lot of money, and the players that play for him don't make anything, and. Yes. Okay. Scholarships. You make that argument. Well, that's like, starting to change. So now there have been some some players that have gotten to do commercials. But on top of that, you got to deal with this guy who's not only a multimillionaire as my head coach. Now I got to deal with his, you know, him being racist too. Like, it's it's just it should never be allowed. I mean, these guys make so much money. Like I said, they work for public institutions. These are university employees. To to be held to a different standard than. A professor might is just crap to me. Like if a professor had 13 students coming and saying that they were experiencing racial discrimination, would there be years of litigation and, um, you know, all of these defenses? No, the person would be fired regardless of whether or not they have tenure. They'd be fired and, um, you know, they, they would probably give some compensation to the students, but it would be a totally different ball game. Not not to mix the metaphor there, but like. Uh, if it was a professor rather than a head coach. And that's what's wrong. I mean, that's what's wrong with college football. That's what's wrong with college sports and the NCAA. Well, that's, I mean, I, you know, I guess that's well said. So there's, there's a lot to unpack there. So you would rather have all these white coaches who are bringing implicit bias. Um, what manner... You want I don't think it should matter matter whether or not they're winning games, and it does, and that's the part that bugs me. That's the part that's so disappointing. I mean, it bugs me that they'd be racist. Don't get me wrong, uh, but getting rid of racism in our society is a whole whole another you know uh, topic. Uh, it, it's just a bummer that it's happening in college sports, but it does. I mean, I played sports. There's racism in sports wherever you play, um, uh, but like that it'd be at this high level of these. 
you know, institutions. We talk about John Gruden. I mean, he's been head coach before. He was an ESPN analyst. Like this guy spent his whole. These emails were from, I think, a decade ago, maybe a long time ago. Yeah, uh, that's right. So I think ten years. Yeah. Once these found out, then then he's caught. Now it's this whole thing. But like, you mean to tell me this guy wasn't racist towards players and people he was around? Um, other than just these emails he wrote, I would be shocked. And that's the bummer is you got all these white head coaches and uh, bringing their implicit racism in in a lot of these in instances. And it just it's going to keep on going if there's no change. There's no real change. I mean, that was the thing about the George Floyd situation, which is so sad that, like, um, you know, he died. But there was also this felt like this wave of sort of change that people were, you know, more likely to. I mean, the the, the Washington football team changed their name. I think because finally there was enough public pressure, like, okay, this stupid racist team name, you have to get rid of it, which people have been saying forever. But it wasn't until then that there's this, uh, you know, outcry, the the Cleveland Indians changing their mascot name, like um, more of an awareness of racism in our society. And it's just, it's a bummer that, um, you know, it seems like it's, not changed in the Iowa locker room. A couple of, fall, of follow-ups here. How many black players do you think have played for Kirk Ferentz? In his I have no idea. Is, is it half the team pretty much every year? I don't, maybe not. If you got 50 players, is it 25 players a year over his, tw- you said 20 years? Tw- well, 23, but yeah. So uh, 500 players maybe? I don't know. Okay. Okay, no, that's just just curious. Would you rather those white coaches with all their implicit bias get better um, and just understand what they need to do and learn, uh, or would you rather they just be removed and replaced by coaches who already Aren't. understand that their own implicit biases and, and ways they can – but uh, see, it, then inherently, players. inherently, you're making a judgment call on on winning, and that's I think that's the problem. The coaches that win will be the ones that stick around and say, "Okay, I'll go to seminars, or I'll, you know, I'll talk to my religious uh, institution to change how I feel," or you know what I mean, like those types of statements. It'll all be based off who wins, and then there's no change, because that's that's ultimately what matters here is if Kirk Ferentz was a below 500 coach he would have been fired over this i think i mm, uh, maybe I, I think you're uh underestimating the depth to which gary barda does not want to hire kirk ference's replacement but um possibly i guess that it would be more possible under a uh non-successful season than a successful season at least but do you so you are not convinced that it's gotten any better for black players under kirk ference I have no, I have no information to say one way or the other. All I'm saying is, is it's it's a bummer that this stuff is still happening. Uh, you know, now I, I I don't know how recent all of the allegations. Are there. I, there's not a current player, right? That's part of the lawsuit, as far as I understand. No, there might be somebody more recent than Wadley, but I thought Wadley was the most recent, which well, was in 2017. Okay, so in the last five years. Yep. And there, there could be something more recent than that, but that's the only one I, off the top of my head I can. He's probably the biggest name, right, of player to be on the lawsuit. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he's the most well-known and most beloved. I mean, he was, you know, we definitely loved him playing for us and he was electric. But, he, okay, I mean, we belabored the point enough. Uh, I thought it was worth having a discussion. The other the other thing, I don't know if you had other stuff you wanted to talk about, but um, okay. the the shifting gears, totally shifting gears, was yeah. the, uh, one of the other stories of the week was the, the two schools that totally just ripped off the Floyd or Rosedale trophy. Um, don't know if you saw this. I think it was Campbell and Gardner Webb created a trophy for their matchup. Um, the barbecue bowl and it, it, in the pictures on the internet, it was literally the Floyd of Rosedale trophy. It was the exact same thing. Um, it 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 looks like the actual trophy was a little different. The one they made up and gave out at the game, but, um, crazy that they just you can't rip off floyd right i was shocked by how lazy it was it was to me like the equivalent of i've got to write a paper in college i google the topic and i like to take the very first google hit and i take it and i just like change the title and then i submit it and like nailed it got it i'm gonna get it on this paper it's like perfect got great i did so good on this this is gonna be fantastic it even had like the like the little blanket over it or whatever you, I don't know what it is. No, it was identical. I think the color yeah. was slightly different. If yeah. I'm remembering, it was, I, 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 do you get to sue? I mean, is it copyrighted? I, I don't know the legal was talking law. I, I, is it illegal? I mean, it's lame, but is it illegal? What it, to copy the design? They, I don't know. Uh, uh, do you have a trademark on a, trophy yeah yeah i don't know how on what grounds would you sue i mean you just say yeah that's that's lame hey stop doing it i please uh i don't know yeah i mean it was clearly a shameless it was hilarious how badly i mean it was zero effort was put into changing anything yeah don't come don't come for floyd that's that's my take on it don't come for floyd floyd's our guy i i agree it's i mean uh, he's been mostly iowa's guy to be honest but. well yeah i was on their longest streak against minnesota ever did you know this i was won more games in a row against minnesota than has ever happened in the history of the yeah Iowa. yeah so this is historical that's why it's gonna be so sweet when they play each other we'll keep i'm gonna keep hyping that game but please do i'm excited for it too we'll have to do a little bet you and i haven't made a bet in a long time but i, I want to do a little rage a little wager on uh, the result for sure some points your way um all right so you're taking your gophers to beat the cornhuskers you think it's gonna happen they're gonna just i do yeah pull the cornhuskers into the muck and it's gonna be a gross mud wrestling contest the gophers gonna come out on top okay are you picking a monumental upset for iowa against purdue no, I, Purdue did not look great. They got quarterback problems. The Gophers beat them. I, I th- it's a must. I mean, at this point, every game is a must win for Iowa, but it's definitely a must win. They got to keep winning. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they I, they can screw up once, but I, I really will be even a must they, win to keep their uh, hopes to be you know in the in the college well, that's true. playoff. That's true. But I think they're going to be there. Will be a letdown at some point. Uh, I I don't think it'll be against Purdue. Um, but, you know, as long as they, they're playing in the Big Ten title game, I'll be pretty pleased. So, yeah, I, the question is the, so the spread's like 12 or 12 and a half to Iowa. So I, do you think Purdue covers? No, I don't. Uh, 
actually don't either. Who did I they play done. last week? Just pulling up. So th- th- they they had a bye too. They must have had a bye because their last game was against Minnesota also. Correct. I think they did have a bye. Okay. And I don't remember who they. Well, uh, you know, the receiver who was a little banged up when they played the Gophers. Yeah, David um, Bell. Bell, yeah. So a healthy Bell. I don't know who they if they said which quarterback they're going with. I, yeah, I don't think it matters. I, Iowa should should cover. Yeah, I'd go with. Uh, let's just go well, with. We, you know, we talked about Moss hurt. I, I don't know what his status is. Um, that I think that's a blow, right? That's a blow to the defense. I don't know how big of a blow it is, but uh, that's a blow. I mean, he was, uh, I think, one of the highest graded defensive backs yeah. in college football, leading the country in interceptions with four. Um, I mean, it's a blow, but the uh, if there's one position that Iowa has a ton of depth at, it's defensive back. So there's a drop off, but it's not as monumental as it might be for some of the other spots. Um, that's the only that's the only thing that makes me less anxious about it. I mean, it's not like I was almost never super deep anywhere, but defensive back is the one spot where okay, Terry Roberts is a down is a downgrade, but not a horrible one. He's he's actually a legit baller, and he'd be starting on a lot of other Iowa teams. I think he's just stuck behind two really good defensive backs. If you want, accuse me of being obnoxious. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think he'll play against Purdue. That at least seems like a given and then we'll see for the rest of the year yeah i don't know how serious it was if it's like a ligament thing if he's that's not that injury we don't know about we don't know about your, your boy trey potts and uh, yeah we don't know what's, what the deal well, is. other than that potts is done for the year so which is uh, yeah that is that is quite the mystery uh quite quite the mystery do you have um, a movie for your gophers hype them up uh, well i thought you know we're coming up to halloween uh i thought since they're playing the huskers the Children of the Corn. Oh, my God. I had Children of the Corn also. Stephen King. Um, or the other one I thought was Signs. You, have you seen Signs? You've oh, seen of Signs. Course. I've seen Signs. Yes, back when we thought M. Night Shyamalan was a good director. Yes. He is good. Yeah, he's all right. Um, so either of those, PJ's going to put on a horror flick. Uh, I think Children of the Corn was actually in Iowa, wasn't it? Did they? No, it's Nebraska. It's, oh, it's it, okay. It, it was, I think shot in Iowa, but I think it's set in Nebraska. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But I think yep. it's set no, in I think you're right. It's like the one Stephen King book where it's not in uh, um, Massachusetts. Uh, Isn't it Maine? Or Maine, yeah, sorry. Maine, correct. Um, Yeah, yeah, so I had the same thought. It's like uh, the Gophers are going to sacrifice the Cornhuskers to he who walks between the rows. That was going to happen in terms of P.J. Flex mind. Um, Do you have anything for the the Hawkeyes taking on the Boilermakers? (laughs) Well, we – we we kind of talked about it the other week when when Minnesota played Purdue. Um, do I have any new ones? Uh, we talked well. We talked about the the railroad thing, right? Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Under Siege I, Two. Have you seen that? Where they're on the no. on the train the whole movie? That's Seagal, right? Seagal, yeah. Uh, back before he just became completely terrible. It was the, um, he, he was in the midst of being pretty terrible then, but oh, this is on the downfall. Like he was yeah, going to be like an yeah. action star, and then everyone was like, "Wait, what are we doing? Why, yeah, this why was, are we putting Steve Seagal in movies?" This is when he was in a ton of movies, but he just like phoned it in. You know, and, I actually kind of right. like Hunter too, but uh, yeah, I'll go with that. It's on a train. That's all I got. That's fine. That's fine. I I had the Great Train Robbery, a nice 
old school 1903 movie because uh, the Hawkeyes are going to rob the Boilermakers of a victory or something. I don't know. That's why it gets stuck on the train thing again. But that's what I came up with. So, so the, the other thing we kind of talked about doing is um, a beer recommendation. Both Ben and I are, are uh, fans of beer. We like beer. Um, so do you have a beer recommendation for for your Hawkeyes when they play Purdue? What are you drinking? Uh, I, give me a minute because I'm totally flipping on the name. Um, if you've got your beer recommendation, you go yeah, first. Yeah, I got one. So actually I'm going to recommend an Iowa beer, and I'm going to sh- get a shout-out to my uh, soon-to-be brother-in-law, Aaron Strike for because he's kind of my supplier in this because they don't distribute here in Minnesota. Um, Big Grove Brewing. So shouts to Big Grove. There's, uh, I think, a brewery in the Iowa City and then also in Solon, I think, for all you Iowa folks. But uh, Easy Eddie is a uh, one of my favorites. So I'm going to give an Iowa beer. I know where they're playing Nebraska. I should probably give a Minnesota beer, Surly or something like that. But I'm going to I'm going to just – uh, first time we're doing this, give a shout to an Iowa brewery, Big Grove, Easy Eddie. It's a hazy IPA. It's a good one. All right. Um, you gave me some time. So it's technically – it's right by Chicago, but it's technically Munster, Indiana. I'm going to go with Gumball Head by Three Floyds. It is a wheat ale, which makes it probably sound boring, but it's not. It's super flavorful, and it's great. So picking an Indiana – brewery for the yeah three flights is good that's uh surly i think took a lot of their ideas from them um yeah three floyds you can get some of their beers here good stuff okay i was just asking if if todd if todd the axeman is at uh three floods i don't remember where he went after yeah yes that's he's their he's their brewer now that guy omar should have paid him some money no kidding that call well, uh, I don't have anything else, Eric. We're getting ready to, to watch uh, some football here Saturday. Glad we could stir the yeah, shit your pot. Yeah, your Hawkeyes are number two. Let's just, you know, sit with that for a minute. Uh, number two in the country. That's true. Uh, you, so I was only been ranked two or higher in the entire history of, like, the AP poll for 20 weeks. Like, well, of and, all the weeks that have occurred, there's only been 20 where I was been ranked two or higher. So the other and, thing, so Georgia plays Kentucky, who's undefeated, and then they play Florida. So, I mean, there is a chance when we're talking next that Iowa's number one, right? I mean, you have to concede if Georgia loses, Iowa jumps up, right? Yeah, unless Kentucky does leapfrog. Sure. You think that's a possibility that they could jump to one after beating? Georgia? No, it's unlikely. It's unlikely, but it's there's enough of a SEC love that I think it's not beyond the realm of plausibility. So are no, you going to predict if, Georgia plays number eleven Kentucky undefeated team? Uh, Iowa's number one next week. Are you going to you going to predict that? No, I don't think Georgia's going to lose. I mean, I, they're, I don't remember what they are. They're massive favorites over undefeated Kentucky. Uh, so I don't think it's very likely that they lose. Uh, but I don't either. I, I just wanted to see if you'd go there. But if they do, no. you might be sitting at number one with your Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, it'd be uh, pretty surreal. It'd be very surreal. I said you have to go back to 1985 for the last time that happened. It's a long time ago. All right, buddy. Go Hawks. Go Gophers. 
Bye-bye, everybody.